This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. It's not always about working for somebody else and, and gluing pipe together. It's about controlling your own time. It's about controlling your own destiny. It's about you know setting your own hours and being in control of your life. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about how to make over $100,000 without a college degree. As parents, we're in a tough spot lately. We want our kids to have the best shot at life with a college education, but we also see the student loan crisis as a huge disaster we want our kids to avoid. Now, scholarships, saving and investing early, and kids working through college are all smart options to consider, but what about not going to college at all? That's what we're going to be discussing today. And the man who's going to teach us about this option is Ken Rusk. Ken is an Ohio-based entrepreneur and a self-proclaimed million-dollar ditch digger who believes it's time to celebrate the possibilities and financial opportunities that a blue-collar life can bring. He's also the author of the new book, Blue Collar Cash, Love Your Work, Secure Your Future, and Find Happiness for Life, which is due out this month. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Ken, let's talk about this. I want to talk about your background first. How did you personally go through the college or no college decision? Well, you know, it's funny because my, my high school was connected to a fence and that fence separated my school from a few office buildings next door to us. And we had to walk through this hole in the fence in order to get to the, the corner gas station where we would hang out or go home or whatever we would do after school. I always felt like I wanted to do things with, with my life early on. I I wasn't, I was good at sports, but that wasn't something that I knew I was going to pursue. I just remember walking through this fence and, and seeing these, these businesses that were thriving. And I thought, what's going on in there? So I just took a shot, walked in one day and said, are you guys hiring? And they said, yes. And it kind of went on from there. So. Excellent. So what was the business and what did you start doing? It was a business that worked on foundations. We started out where I would dig ditches in in the summertime when I wasn't in high school. And then in the wintertime, I would go in and work in the office part-time after school. It it just kind of kept going from there. I've literally been doing the same thing since I was 15, which is quite a few years ago. But, you know, we would try to get better at it every year. And now I kind of control my own destiny, which is really nice. So it was in the construction field then it sounds like. We would actually repair foundations on, on old buildings. We would do basement waterproofing. We would do sump pumps and we would do air handling stuff and ventilation and, and battery backups and anything that we could do to make a house you know safer, healthier, and warmer. So. so you started working there just shortly after high school. And then did you decide to not do college after that because you were enjoying your work? Well, it's one of those things where I always wanted, I I always kind of looked down the road and wanted things for myself. I, you know, I wanted to have a car so I could drive around. I wanted to have some spending money so I could take my girlfriend out. And, you know, the only way to do that was to, to go make it. My father was a pretty tough Marine and he said, Hey, if you want something, go for it. So I just remember that, you know, I was 15 and uh, I was trying to save a few hundred bucks for my first beater car as we all did. 
So it, it kind of started from there. And one of the things that happened there is I worked there through my high school years. The business started to really grow and it grew beyond our ability to contain it within the Northeast Ohio area. So I actually signed up for school. I went to school for just a month or so. And I knew even signing up for it, I knew it wasn't for me because I like to go out and I like to make money and I like to accomplish things and get my goals. And I knew I could do it within, within this framework. So the company started expanding. They sent me around the country, opening up branch offices for them. It just kind of went from there. So I, I, I dropped out of school and I remember telling my father, I thought he might be disappointed. And he said, Hey, he said, I didn't go to school and I did pretty good for myself. So he said, you know, the, your path is your path. And, and if your passion is doing what you're doing, then you, you should just go after it then. That's incredible. So in your late teens, you're traveling around and starting and opening new offices for this business. That's incredible. It was it was pretty interesting. I mean, I could remember being in Chicago one time and I'm I'm trying to work on opening this office and I had to actually design the office and hire people to build it out. Here I am, I'm talking to these, you know, six foot two union plumbers who were a lot more knowledgeable than me, but I had to tell them what I wanted them to do. And it was it was pretty intimidating, but I tell you, you grow up fast when you do something like that. Well, it's funny when you think about it from an experience level, at that point in your career, you already had four years of experience in the business almost at that point. And, you know, for somebody who goes to college and maybe goes to their master's degree, they're not getting that type of experience until they're in their late 20s, it sounds like. So you're getting ahead of the game even without the college experience. And that's one way to do it. You know, a lot of people ask me, well, if you don't go to college, what are you going to do? Well, you know, obviously there's tech schools and there's trade schools that you can do. And those schools are, are begging for people right now with the supply and demand curve that we've got going right now. But, you know, there's also the good old fashioned thing of, of the 10,000 hours. You know, you, you've heard about the book where, the, where it talks about, you know, get uh, a few years of experience at something and and you will master it after a while. And I, I absolutely believe in that. I think you can learn something, but I think getting that hammer in your hand or that shovel or whatever you're going to do in your hand and using it is probably the best way to learn something. So that right there is what can lead to some of these more lucrative opportunities that you talked about earlier. Tell me personally, what do you love about blue collar work? I think there's a lot of personal satisfaction to a job well done. And you've heard that, but what does that even mean? You know, I, I'm kind of a wordsmith. Sometimes I, I listen to what people say and I go, okay, can you, can you actually draw what you just said? Because you're talking conceptually and that's fine, but let's talk about what it really means. And, you know, there's something that I call that step back moment. And a step back moment is for, you know, that hairdresser who's almost done or the, the landscape contractor who just kind of finished the front yard or the, 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 the carpenter who maybe just finished that staircase. You know where I'm going with this, right? Where, where you, you step back for a minute and you say, wow, that's amazing. I just did that. That stone fence that I created will stand the test of time for a hundred years. And I did that. And I'm proud of it. And I just don't think you get that with a, with a lot of other, you know, indoor opportunities. So, yeah, I agree. I worked in corporate event marketing for 15 years. And while putting together an event is something that you can physically see and feel proud of, the majority of my job was emailing. And I never really felt that pride that you're describing as I finished my full day of 200 emails. So I hear what you're saying. Let's talk to the parent that is listening right now. We have a lot of parents that listen to this show that are trying to figure out this whole situation for their kids. And they're looking at college in the future, maybe saving for their kids college because they got to start when they're born based 
based on these prices, man. It's insane. So with college as expensive as it is, is this just a difficult decision for parents and teens to make at 18 years old based on the cost? You have to, I'm going to use the word step back again, but you, you have to kind of go backwards a little bit and say, am I just doing this because of societal expectation? Am I doing this because it's just the norm? You know, you got to go to school, you got to get a degree and you got to do this and you got to do that. Well, where did those things come from? I mean, who, who originally decided it was a good idea to get rid of shop class in high school and then funnel everybody through college? You know, the bottom line is from a workforce perspective, there's no way that 100% of our kids can go to college. It's just not possible. Who would do all of the things that we're talking about right now if everybody expected to go to college and get some office job? So it is a difficult decision, but, you know, I've had so many families say, you know, I got three kids and two of them, I know they're going to go to school and they're going to do this. But that other one, you know, he just seems to be more hands-on and more of this and more of that. And I, I say, go for it. I mean, does it really matter how you get to your point of, of um, I have a thing called, you know, comfort, peace and freedom, which I believe is the ultimate end game for everybody. Does it really matter how you get there? What's wrong with the guy who wants to be a mechanic and then in five years owns his own mechanic shop and now he's got four or five employees and he does really well for himself? What is wrong with that? As long as you get to that place where you can look in the mirror and say, I'm comfortable, I'm peaceful, and I'm free. And I mean that in, in almost like an interdependent triangle kind of thing. It, it really doesn't matter how you get there. I, I said this once and it causes a little controversy, but I said sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter what you do for a living as much as it matters what you do with what you do for a living. And I think that's a really important point to kind of have people just sit back for a second, kind of marinate in that and think about it a little bit. I think that's an important conversation to have. Another conversation we have on the show a lot is about financial independence, but, you know, growing enough income so you're able to leave your nine to five job and then do the things that maybe bring you a little bit more joy, which is so, I guess, interesting for me to be talking to you right now before people make this college decision, because there are people who go and work in tech for like 15, 20 years at a desk job and they hate it. And so they can't wait to just go home and work with their hands and build something in their backyard. And that's what they want to do in their retirement. But really, as we're having this discussion, it's kind of the opposite. Let's make that decision today about what type of work will bring you that joy. And maybe that comes from experimentation so that you don't have to work at a job that you don't like, maybe build up the student loans and deal with it at that point. Have you heard about this conversation? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, th there's so many people that that start with this process and they look at life as like, it's some long linear thing where if I do this, then maybe I'll do that. And if I get this, then maybe I'll do that. And someday I'll get to this place. Well, I wrote a whole chapter on some dare versus two dare where it talks about how you think about your life. And sure, you can hope that when you're, you know, 65 or 70, that you can retire and do those things. But, you know, I want to swing a golf club as hard as I can right now. I don't want to try and do it when I'm 75 and everything hurts. So I'm, I'm like you, I, I think, I think you, you really need to position yourself to where maybe you make that decision before you've just blown 10 or 12 years in a, in a desk job and, and get out there and do something with your hands right now. Let's talk about that decision moment. I know you said you're not anti-college. I've heard you say that before. So as parents and teens are making this decision, how do they choose which way to go if it's college for them or if it's the trades? What is the turning point there where parents and teens need to make that decision together? The easy one is this. If you know for sure you want to be a doctor, 
you want to work on, you know, you know, replacing knees and elbows and shoulders. Okay. Then, yeah, that, that decision is pretty easy for you. If you want to be in financing or if you want to teach, or if you want to do some of those, uh, those professions, your, your decision is made for you already. You have to go do that. The, the thing that I worry about is how many of those kids that are 18 that are saying this, well, my parents expect me to go to college. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I really don't have the passion to do that. So I'm just going to go to school and I'm going to drink beer and, and go to my classes for four years. And then I'm going to, I'm going to come out of this thing with 80,000 in debt and no real direction. You know, I have a really quick story for you. I, I, I had a car that, that had a recall and it was going to be down for three weeks. So they had me rent a car. So I went to this rental place and here's this guy standing behind the desk. He was 23 years old. We started to talk and I had to wait like a half an hour for this car. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I think I was kind of sold down the river a little bit. And I said, why? He said, because, you know, I didn't have a passion for anything in particular. I just went to school because they said I had to. Now I have $80,000 in debt and I'm working at this car or this car rental place making 28000 And I, I'm kind of lost now. I, I think I would have rather have been a carpenter. And that just got me thinking how many kids are just like that. So I guess my, my long answer is, you have to really have a passion for something to want to go spend that much money and time to go pursue it. And if you aren't really on that, there may be some other things that you could do. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 
to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Besides, I guess, writing a book about this and speaking out like you are and us having this conversation, what needs to change in society for people to realize that college isn't the only option? Uh, I'll give you a, a great example of that. I had a stone fence built at my house uh, a couple of years ago, and I waited for this guy for six months. That's how busy he was. Okay, And one of the reasons he was busy is because that's a trade where you're, you're not backfilling enough, enough people to keep that trade moving. People are retiring and they're not getting enough people to, to fill in. So here comes this guy in my yard, brand new, shiny pickup truck, got Led Zeppelin going on the radio. He steps out in his jeans and his boots. He's got his coffee and there comes his workers and they have this great time building this stone fence all day long in my yard. This guy now has this company that he has nobody to give it to because he's ready to retire and, and he's making a really good amount of money. And when I think of those opportunities, you got to go where supply and demand is. And I can tell you right now that there are finished carpenters in this town making as much as family doctors. So you do the math on that and, and tell me where some of these opportunities lie. Well, well, let's talk about some of those options right now. So if parents and the teen, they're getting together and they're like, you know what? This is the right decision. I don't think I want to be a doctor. I think I'd like to do a trade. Where do they start to learn to do a trade? How does that work? Well, first off, there's there's three ways to do that. There's there's tech schools that you can go to. Every every city has one of those. There's also trade schools where you can go learn a specific trade. You know, even some of the organized, uh, the, the union halls have some places where you can go learn, where you can learn apprenticeships and that kind of thing. I have to tell you, though, I think one of the best places, and I get this on my on my Facebook page all the time when we talk about how you how kids can learn a trade. Almost immediately, I get 50 responses that say the best way to do that is to go put a hammer in your hand and go on that job site and go do it and learn everything you can learn those skills. Because if you can get yourself behind a gentleman who has been doing finished carpentry for 30 years and you can glean everything you can off that guy, you are going to be light years ahead of anybody else attempting to learn that stuff. So. That's great. Just like you did. You got right to work when you were 15. That's very cool. Well, let's talk about some options. You started to mention stonemasonry and things like that and, you know, other options for people to choose where they can make some good money. You know, what are the options out there for people to consider? First off, there's, there's, some, there's some easy ones. Obviously, if you go to work in the steel industry right now, they're paying big money and you can make work a lot of overtime. If you're talking about energy, there's a whole lot of stuff going on with energy right now where you work hard, but you're making really big money. And, and we're talking about very soon, very quickly in excess of, you know, 80, 90, a hundred thousand dollars. The other place though, that I think the demand is really going to spike is again, in these trades like finished carpentry and plumbing and electricians, even hairdressers, estheticians that can do their own thing. You know, skincare is, is huge right now. So, you know, you get inside some of those trades and in a very short order, you know, there's so much demand out there right now. 
in a, in a very few years, and I've seen this happen with my own friends over and over, you know, you start plumbing and pretty soon you have to hire a guy and pretty soon you have to hire two or three guys. And now you got your second van and then your third and fourth van. And now you have your own company and you're making well in excess of a hundred thousand at that point. That's incredible. Yeah. So it starts off where you're learning the trade, you're learning the skill. And then as you start to build up with the savvy, you start your own business and then hire your own workers. It sounds like. Well, and, and don't forget, you know, I've heard some people say, well, not everyone can own their own business. They don't know how. Well, with technology today, you can do payroll on your phone. You can order inventory on your phone. You know, the barriers to entry to running your own company have all but disappeared. If you can sell yourself and you can get your product out there and you can make yourself a, a good reputation, you will be busier <laughs> than anybody in very short order. I can attest to that. I started this as a side hustle three or four years ago just for fun to try it out. I knew nothing about starting a podcast, watched some YouTube videos, figured it out, and I'm doing all those things you talked about all on my phone. <laughs> and yeah, it's turned into a job for me. So technology is making things a lot easier for people nowadays. Good for you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to ask if you have any specific examples. You've probably talked to a lot of people who've gone this route as opposed to traditional college and are maybe happier for it. I know you mentioned a few other examples. But do you have any other examples of people who've avoided the college route and then they're feeling happy with their decision? Well, yeah. I mean, I, when, I, when I built my house, I was kind of involved in helping build it. It took a while to build this, this house. We had planned it for a long, long time. It was kind of a French country thing, so it had a lot of detail to it. The fun part was it's only about a half a mile from, my, where, I, from where I work, so I got to go see it multiple times during the day. And there was a plumber there who was doing all the rough plumbing. He started asking me about my background and you know, uh, how did I get into my own business? And I think, I think people, you know, they, they sometimes think it's harder than it actually is. You know, sometimes the worst part about swimming in cold water in early in the morning in the pool is just to jump in. Right. So, but he took his time and he was learning and, and, and he was doing different things. And over that six month period of time, he kind of talked himself into starting his own company. I sold him one of my old vans I kind of lost contact with him a little bit after the house was done, but then I saw him the other day and you know, he's got this big, beautiful spinner Econoline or Econo van that he's got. And I talked to him about, it. he goes, I got 10 employees. I've got three vans. They're running all over town. I can't keep up. He goes, I'm making really good money. I'm, I'm building a small building for myself to house all this stuff. And he goes, I just really appreciate those conversations that we had because here I am now. And I kind of took the plunge after, after we talked for, for, for all those, all those weeks and months. So there's examples of that, especially now with some of these awesome craftsmen and tradesmen retiring and they're, they're, they're trying to pass these skills on to their, their apprentices and, and, and they're going to go down the same path. So. Yeah. I think if the conversation around, you know, creation and joy from what you're creating and building something that becomes more of the forefront for these conversations, I think that it probably becomes a, an easier argument to have with people. I think, I think what's really important there, Andy, is to make sure that you know what you want your life to look like long-term. You know, I actually have people in my office, I've got 200 employees here. And when we bring people in, we'll have them get a big white sheet of paper and a box of Crayola crayons, which we provide for them. And we just ask them to sit down and draw their life as they see it and as they want it to be, you know, and it's not all, you know, mega yachts and Ferraris. I mean, it's about what would you like to do to keep your life comfortable and peaceful and free? You know, we talk about where would you like to live? What type of house would you, are you a condo person, a, 
house person, an apartment person? Are you a, a dog or a cat person? Are you a pickup truck or a, or a sedan person or, or maybe an electric car or whatever? And we try to get them to really draw in great detail what they want their life to look like. Because if you start out with a reasonable picture of what you want, your brain has a way of attracting you to gain those things. And it's kind of an unspoken, almost silent motivator that just kind of drags you along and in pursuit of that life. And if you draw it crystal clear enough, and that's one of my goals is to make sure that they really draw it clearly enough, they always seem to get there. And I've done a lot of coaching in my time. And that's one of my favorite things to do is to see people get their lives together like that. That seems like a really great exercise for parents to do with their teens as well as they're trying to make this big decision. What do you see your life looking like over the next year and then beyond? And let's try to map that out together. I think that's a that's a great idea. You make a great point. I have a friend of mine who he was so into his kids getting degrees. He's a very smart individual, but he was really into his kids getting degrees. And, you know, one time I asked him, have you ever have you ever asked what he wants, what your son wants? And, and because his son did want to be a mechanic, he thought, I think I could be a really good mechanic and I think I could do great at that. And I thought to myself, well, who wants his future? Does, does he want his future or do you want his future for him? And who are we to, to make that call? You know, I think that's a call for parents all around who are listening right now. Ken, I like to do a little thing that, you know, I, I think about some people listening and maybe some things that they might be thinking based on our conversation. So I wanted to bring up a couple topics for you and help dispel some of these thoughts that might be happening in people's brains. So a recent study from Georgetown University found that on average, college graduates earn $1 million more in earnings over their lifetime. With statistics like that, with earnings like that, won't there just be more opportunity for college graduates? If you look at that, okay, so you have to look at the statistic on the blue collar side, because what are they counting as blue collar? And are they averaging all those people together? You know, you could consider a part-time job as a blue collar. You could consider a job where someone is just working in retail because they want to just you know, get out of the house while they're raising their children or whatever. And they're lumping all those people into those statistics. So if you're good at what you do, I'm not sure I believe that statistic, because if you can make your own life happen the way you want it to happen, and you have, you know, any drive whatsoever, and I can, I can help you build drive through that visual visualization process. I think those numbers are probably a bit skewed there because they might be lumping just too many people into the blue collar side and averaging out all those dollars. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that quite a bit. And it also probably doesn't factor in the debt that comes in from accumulating those earnings as well. So, and what about the happiness too? the happiness factor? Exactly right. It's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. Here's the next one. So somebody else is listening and they're in their car and they're thinking, you know what? I cannot imagine not sending my kids to college. The experience is just incredible. I think it's worth the price and everything you go for it. So what do you say to a person like that? You know, there's a great book out. It's called, where do you see yourself in five years? And it talks about, let's forget about the moment today. And let's talk about what happens in the future. And, and I talk a lot about it in my book, Blue Collar Cash, about that forward visualization. I, I can only tell you this. When people see the things that I've accomplished and the things that I've created, okay, I've never heard somebody say, hey, what experiences in college led you to this success? I, I've, I've never really had that happen to me. At the same time, you have to take the word experiences and you have to break that down into well, what does that even mean? Okay. 
Does it mean independence? You can get that from working right away. Does it mean self-sustaining? You can get that from working right away and doing things for yourself and running your own budget and paying your own bills. The whole socialization, I don't think you miss that because if you're living in any city or any town and you're doing your job, you can go out to a restaurant or a bar and do all those things. So I'm not quite sure what they mean by the experience of that. For me, I don't miss what I never had. I think getting a jump start on life is probably a little more important than whatever those experiences might be. And that's just me talking. There are probably some people who had the most amazing lives or experiences of their life in those four years. And that's good for them. I can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah. I think the whole point today is just to give another point of view that we don't hear about a lot and we should probably hear about more. And I'm happy to have you here today to talk about that. One question before we go, I like to leave, you know, an actionable step for people. So somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, you know what, the trades are probably a smart route for my teen. What is the first step a parent could take to help their kid down this path as they finish this interview? I I think the best thing would be to examine all the different trades and see what you might find some passion in. You know, I think it's always a good idea to look at all the possibilities that you have, whether it's carpentry or plumbing or electricians, and and look at what they, those people actually do for a living. Because sometimes what you think they might do might be different than what they actually do. It's not always about working for somebody else and 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 gluing pipe together. It's about controlling your own time. It's about controlling your own destiny. It's about you know setting your own hours and being in control of your life. So I, I think the first thing you do is you examine all the different possibilities out there and just see if there isn't something that doesn't pique some interest and then have them go, you know, everybody's hiring. So have them go dabble in that and just see if something, if something sparks from there. I love it, Ken. Well, those are all the great principles of financial independence that we love talking about on this show. Owning your time, controlling where you're putting your destiny in the future, and then doing work that you love. So Ken, thank you so much. It sounds like you are doing work you love. So tell me a little bit more about where people can find your book and connect with you if they want to learn more. It's called, I don't know if you can see it, but it's called Blue Collar Cash. It's available at, if you go to KenRusk.com, there's a button there where you can buy the book and it has it's on, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Indie Books, iBooks, Apple Books, all those different places. I'd love to have somebody go there and, and, and pre-order it because uh, we're getting ready to put the thing out here in the next month. So I'm really happy with it. I've had a good time writing it. I hope people enjoy it as well. Excellent. Well, Ken, I can attest to everybody. His website's slick. He's got some great videos on there. You're going to learn a little bit more. So everybody go to KenRust.com, check that out, buy this book and help you or your teen make this difficult decision. It could really be a life changer for you and your kids. So thank you so much, Ken. You have a great day. I appreciate it. Thank you as well. As families weigh the pros and cons of college in the future, Ken is giving us another way to look at it. Very, very helpful, Ken. Thank you. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Ken Rusk. Number one, you can question college without being anti-college. There's no doubt that a college education can help you to open doors that you wouldn't have had before. But Are the massive student loans worth it? Or does your child have an idea of what they even want to do? These are questions to ask, right? It's important to examine your child's specific situation in the context of the six-figure investment that he or she or you are going to make with their education. Would taking a year off make more sense? 
Or as Ken suggested, how about the trades? It's okay to question the process. That way you can find the right path for your teen. Number two, you can make six figures without a college degree. Not only can your child make good money without a college degree, they might just enjoy their life a bit more. Again, everyone's situation is different, so find out what works for you and your child. Number three, be careful of investing in college for the experience. Yes, we all want our children to enjoy their college experience, but college doesn't cost what it used to. If my daughter decides to go to my alma mater, Michigan State University, go green, My wife and I are looking at nearly $200,000 for her college experience. I'm doing air quotes right here. I know you guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but experience. If she'd much rather pursue a trade or take a year off to work before going to college, I am not going to push her just for the experience. I want her to follow her passions, discover what she likes, and decide what's right for her life. Hopefully by that point, when she's 18, we'll have done a good enough job raising her where she'll be ready to make some smart decisions on her own. Ken, thank you so much for sharing this unique perspective with us. I'm sure this chat's going to spark a few thought-provoking conversations around the MKM community this week. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show and also Alec Collins for bringing our YouTube videos to life. If you want to see Alec's work on YouTube, check out our site at youtube.com slash marriage, kids, and money, or just go to YouTube and type in marriage, kids, and money. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one thing to support this show. Join us in our Thriving Families Facebook community. This is a group of now over 800 families working together to grow our wealth and give our families a better tomorrow. You can find that group at marriagekidsandmoney.com community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com community. Every week in that group, we ask people to share their wins, their financial wins, these family financial empowering wins. And this week, I wanted to give a shout out to Josh, who set up custodial accounts for both of his kids. They're aged 14 and 10, and they are now taking a portion of their money every month that they get from the weekly allowance or finding and flipping items on eBay with Josh. And they are donating it, they are saving it, and now investing it. Josh, way to go, man. Awesome work. That is how you build legacy wealth. And that teen is going to have their financial situation in a really good spot and maybe make some choices on their future that are best for them. So Josh, thanks so much for sharing that with me. If you want to hang out with me and Josh and 800 other families, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Albert Einstein. The world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Change your thinking, change your life. Carpe diem. 